You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Alham Sadika, we have a very interesting topic, and uh, you know these are topics uh, that we brainstorm, and uh, we sometimes yeah we start thinking who is the right person to get on this uh, program, and uh, Alhamdulillah this evening, yeah. It's not Wasaila and Lama Sadika. I always get him on that program, but he's also a barrister. He's also, uh, you know, a member of parliament. He's a leader of the NFP. He's our very own. And Ahmed, you know, I, was, uh, I, I generally bring you on Wasaila and Lama Sadika, but this evening you're on legal talk. And Alhamdulillah, the topic uh, that, uh, you know, we have uh, agreed upon is. Uh, we will interrogate, uh, compromise uh, judici- judiciary systems and unscrupulous government, uh, the Ummah and Ahmad Manzur Sheikh Imam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And uh, Jazakallah khair for joining us on Legal Talk, Ahmad. Uh, wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah and shukran for having me on the air. Yes, indeed, a whole lot that is happening in the country at the moment, particularly from the aspect of judiciary and more importantly, high levels of corruption and, uh, you know, the situation with the public protector, uh, amongst others. Yes, there's a whole lot going on in the country, no doubt about it. I mean, just listen to you. You brought the whole show alive already. Look at our country. We look at the judiciary. We look at Zondo. We look at uh, La Mola. We look at uh, CR. We look at uh, Fraser. Uh, I mean, look at Becky. Everything that you look into this country is... Uh, look at the army. I mean, there's uh, you're thinking about protection of uh, the, uh, the the people, uh, giving, uh, you know, uh, equitable and just uh, justified... Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, laws in this country or when you go to court, you're hoping for a fair trial. That's the word I'm looking for. And uh, when you look at a government, when you look at the head of the state, you say, ah, there's an honest man. There's a wonderful man. You know, he's squeaky clean. It seems as if Ahmad Mansur Sheikh Imam, right from uh, the cabinet, right into the municipalities, right to, uh, you know, uh, local levels at the council level and so forth, We've, we are compromised, Ahmad. We are so badly compromised. It seems as if even if we don't have uh, these uh, justice system, it will still, uh, you know, carry on as it really carries on. Lawlessness, uh, lawlessness and uh, nothing really is uh, being taken seriously in this country. How do you react to that, Ahmad? Well, yes, I think we are facing a serious situation in the country. There's no doubt about it. You know, even starting from the Zondo Commission, I think the way this commission was conducted, you could see uh, uh, that it wasn't entirely objective or independent, uh, uh, you know, uh, but certain, uh, uh, you know, uh, certain individuals appear to be targeted. Uh, 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 and, and whilst I must agree that, uh, you know, the Zondo Commission has highlighted uh, a lot that has been going on in the country, but I don't believe that they have uncovered, you know, uh, a great deal more that needs to be uncovered in any event. But uh, so, you know, it raises a lot of questions on the credibility of the Zondo Commission report in any case. I mean, I'll give you a good example. When the president in the Zondo Commission said, and I could, that uh, as a member of the deployment committee, there were times uh, that he didn't know about appointments, and at other times he knew about these appointments. Uh, so he was responsible for the appointments, uh, and that's his responsibility as the deputy president at that stage in any event. 
So all those that are implicated in, uh, uh, particularly cadres in this um, uh, 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 corruption uh, of allegations of corruption, uh, then shouldn't the, the then deputy president and the current president take responsibility for it? Because he took an oath of office to protect the country and its people, and clearly he did not do that. So that's 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 the problem. The second thing is this: you know, he even went on to say. And, and and on the first one, the the commission did very little or nothing to interrogate him further on that and, 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 and bring to his attention the oath of office that he took. But very importantly, on the second one, and, and, and remember, everything revolves around looting and corruption. And the president himself had admitted that, uh, you know, they received money as an organization at times. And at times they got to know that it was through unlawful means, but they decided to keep it because... They need it. They are a big organization. So what's the message you're giving out to the ordinary South Africans? Uh, that, you know, you can receive money through unlawful means and keep it. You know, and, 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 and so that's the difficulty that we have there. But over and above that, if you look at the spread between the president and the public protector, and now the public protector is also investigating. Remember, she was investigating the Bosasa matter. She has now been investigating the issue of the leaked audio as well. And now, of course, she's been asked to investigate the issue of the Farmgate scandal. So, <laughs> and then, of course, uh, coincidentally, the night before judgment, uh, she's removed. Uh, you know, he suspends her, uh, which she's also, I think, taking to court now as well. So, you know, it is all. And then you've got the Minister of Justice making a statement that the president was a victim of crime. My view is that the 62 to 63 million people, which is what is estimated we have in the country now, from 59 million the last time we knew, they are the victims of crime because, I mean, if you had 60 million then hidden in your mattress, uh, like Nando's are talking about, of course, I mean, you know, it, 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 it's a serious matter and there's a lot of questions being raised. Of course, there's some further allegations. Now, whether there's any truth in it or not, we don't know that a commissioner at, at, at uh, SARS, apparently their allegation that he's been in business together with CR and that CR has asked him for assistance. But of course, that's untested yet. So I think we'll have to wait for further information on that. But on the issue of, of the, when the Minister of Justice makes a, comes to the defense of the president on a matter of the serious nature of this type, I mean, it, it raises a lot of questions, you know, and then, of course, the minister of police is also implicated because it is now brought to our attention that he was aware of this uh, 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 crime that was committed on the farm. He knew everything about it and he, too, did absolutely nothing about it. Now, that raises more questions. Is that the reason why the president didn't remove the minister but remove the commissioner? Is that the question that needs to be asked? Uh, so, you know, there's, 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 so really what it tells you, it, it, the credibility of the police, of the judiciary, uh, uh, the whole justice system uh, is in question currently. You know, Ahmed, I want you to do a comparative uh, look at uh, Jacob Zuma as a president and you look at the judiciary under him or you look at the law enforcement under Zuma and, and look at uh, the uh, you know the same um, aspect with the CR one would have thought that uh, during the reign of uh, Jacob Zuma there was more stability to this country and uh, you know it things were going well i mean there was no load shedding uh, the crime stats were even lower 
when uh, it seems as if uh, you know J- Jacob Zuma had uh, things under control. And when he was uh, removed from office, this is when all the uh, you know the the, the country uh, we, 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 they said here comes a multi-billionaire. He will not steal because he's he's a man that has all the money. But look at what happened, Ahmed. Uh, give us a, a comparative because you uh, you know have uh, been uh, looking at both these men at Parliament and you've been uh, through the whole uh, uh, story to, uh, and and you can share it with us uh, this evening, Ahmed. Well, first of all, let me talk about former President Jacob Zuma. He was more a people's person. He understood the needs and the challenges of the people on the ground. Uh, uh, and that is because uh, uh, particularly of his radical stance, you know, this uh, uh, transformation of the socio-economic gender. Uh, uh, while CR is more a capitalist, actually more interested in business and things like that. And you'd find that over the period of time, it's just the business that has thrived, not the quality of life of the people on the ground. However, former President Jacob Zuma also allowed himself into this web of corruption and this collusion with other people. To what extent he's been personally involved is still a matter that needs to be interrogated uh, because there are many other role players that have been involved. I mean, there's a good example. If the president, if Jacob Zuma was the president, Cyril Ramaphosa was the deputy. Cyril Ramaphosa is the one that's made the appointments in ESCOM. Remember, he was also part of the war room at ESCOM when Glencoe benefited. So, you know, there's a whole lot of questions as to, and that is why when you say, when you hear former President Jacob Zuma saying that um, he has a lot to tell, and the day he does, well, then there's going to be very little nobody left. And that's the fact of the matter, that I think many of them in senior positions uh, in government, and not only in government, people that have been associated with government before and things. And it doesn't mean it's not happening in other political parties. Corruption is rife in all political parties, wherever they govern. Uh, 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 and there's no doubt about that. But I think that uh, former President Jacob Zuma also allowed himself uh, you know, to get into this trap. And, and that is unfortunate because if had he not been involved in this uh, with these allegations of corruption and looting and collusions and appointment of, of ministers and things like that, together with the Guptas and others, he might have been able to create a better environment uh, for the poorest or the most vulnerable people to thrive. And unfortunately, that did not happen. And remember, it is Juju that was one of them that brought the downfall. Remember, he's one of them that brought the downfall of Tabo Mbeki and put JZ there. And then he brought the downfall of JZ and put CR there. Now he wants to bring that and bring the downfall of CR. So you can see exactly what it is happening, how you collude with them, when it benefits you and when it's not, how you trample over them. But And it's not doing good for the country. In fact, to be honest with you, I would feel in the interest of the country, what we should be doing is... Listen, there are lots and lots of people that have looted in one way or the other, whether it's 10 rand or 10 billion rand. I think the money that we are wasting is not taking us anywhere. What we need to do is put measures in place to prevent any of these incidents taking place, this corruption and looting in the future. If we can put measures to stop that, it will take South Africa forward. But if we continue to dwell on attacking each other, and, and you can see what is happening, these revelations by Arthur Fraser on former president, I mean, on current president, Cyril Ramaphosa, is only the beginning of a lot more to come. Because as they go closer to this conference, this this internal struggle is going to intensify. 
And you're going to hear a whole lot more of these allegations that's coming. And if you look at the evidence thus far that Arthur Fraser, even though people are questioning his credibility and the timing of his statements, I don't think we should be worrying much about that. We should be worrying about whether there's any truth in what he's saying. And the president has not denied that there's been a, 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 a robbery uh, <laughs> on his farm. Uh, you know, he hasn't said too much yet. But the fact that it was not reported, the fact that somebody were paid 150,000 rand to keep quiet, you know, uh, uh, the fact that there were people that benefited from it went on the highlight. The fact that the bank itself that they were uh, operating did not even raise concerns as to, you know, if you look at what has happened to uh, Iqbal Suave and how the banks came down upon him. But yeah, there were a whole lot of money that was going in, in and out of these accounts and the banks did nothing about it, you know. And, and then, of course, there are allegations of the Namibian president also suppressing this. Uh, 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 you know, so there's a whole lot of allegations around this. Also, the issue of SARS. You know, did you notify SARS? Have you declared to SARS? How long has this been happening? How long was this money? How did somebody pay you 60 million rand in cash in foreign currency? How did they get it into the country? Who are these people who bought and paid for it? There is so many questions that I think the president is applying his mind with his legal experts and all the law enforcement and his friends in high places to see <laughs> what response he can give. Because the last time he gave a response, he put his foot into it. Remember on the Bosasa when he said his son uh, did some business and he spoke to his son and his son said that he was a consultant and he got the money and then his son denied it. So I think the president has taken the necessary precautions in this particular occasion to say, hold on, let me not say much right now. Let me get my house because it, they, I, there's a lot of questions to be answered here. A lot of questions. And I must tell you that everybody that I speak to, and, you know, I was the other day a guest at the Russian embassy and, and many influential people were there. Not a single one uh, in any way are even attempting to defend the president, to be honest. They believe that he's got a clear case to answer and he's not going to be able to, 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 to give a satisfactory response. Now, Ahmed, uh, you know, looking at our judiciary very critically, it seems uh, it's uh, very incompetent. In the case of uh, Jacob Zuma, you know, so many cases being brought uh, uh, forth and he's uh, been stalling it. And he's uh, very good at stalling his cases, you know, stay. And, uh, you know, when he was even incarcerated, uh, he got himself out of it. And, uh, you know, many say wiggled himself out uh, because of the, uh, you know, very weak uh, judiciary system we have. The same uh, with, uh, you know, President Sul Ramaphosa. It says he has it presently. There's allegations that uh, these are all his men that he's put into place. And uh, um, he will not get his day in court. Uh, what's your thoughts, Ahmad? Well, yes, uh, there's no doubt about it that President Ramaphosa has now consolidated his support base. He's surrounded himself with people that he believes he can trust. Uh, uh, you can see his strength in the presidency. He's taken a lot of the responsibilities and put it in there. Uh, uh, you can see the statement by the Minister of Justice. So he's got an ally there. You can see he's kept uh, uh, Minister Kale there, Bergi Kale from the Minister of Police. You can see that again. So you can see he's got Zondo there in the Concord, uh, 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 who you know, you and I know that there's going to be a lot of these, uh, 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 in terms of the commission report, a lot of this is perhaps going to end up in the Concord. So I'm not sure whether Zondo is going to be able to preside over this, although he doesn't have much time left based on the time, and how much of time he's going to have to be able to 
because he's going to have to recuse himself most of the time if matters that he chaired are going to be raised in the Corn Court. So that's the other uh, issue as far as that. As far as JZ is concerned, yes, indeed, he's using every loophole you can find in the system to delay these things. Well, I've heard from reliable sources that they don't honestly believe that JZ will ever wear orange overalls or go to prison. You know, uh, whether it is because he may die before the day comes or whether he, he, you know, they know something more than we know or whether there'll be a compromise against them. But one thing I know that if the ANC don't come together and put their differences aside, uh, that will be the, uh, the end of the ANC in any case. If they would have to succeed, if, if ever they want to succeed in 2024, then they have to get the house in order right now and they got to find unity, whether they like it or not. But they can hate each other, but for the purposes of the country and the people, they have to come together. How easy that is, it's very difficult in my view because I know what politics is, particularly black politics. It's either I, I get it or nobody gets it, even if it means I destroy the entire organization, so be it. And that's where, unfortunately, they are heading right now. So, and yes, the, 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 there's no doubt about it that um, uh, JZ has got a substantial support on the ground as well, particularly in areas like Kozul and Natal and things, while President uh, Ramaphosa has got his support base. And if you can look at the reaction sometimes and the response even from members in parliament, not everybody is, an, is happy about what is going on. In fact, it raises the question that if there's a secret ballot in parliament, how would some of the people vote? That's the question that one is asking right now, particularly if there is now going to be another no confidence or an impeachment against President Cyril Ramaphosa. Uh, but what is uh, worrisome, Brother Shefford, is that how much more is going to be released? How much more information are we going to be privy to running up to this conference? which I think is a good thing that, you know, these things are being leaked out because it clearly indicates who you can and who you can't trust in terms of leadership in the country. And remember, it is not being done because they want to let us know what is going on because, of the, because they care about the 62 or 63 million people, but it is because they are fighting each other at the moment. And that's why we are getting to know what we're getting to know. But uh, so we can expect a lot more running up to the conference, number one, and number two, you can see there's been already a road blockage in N3. That is going to intensify as well. The insurrection that we had in July, you might have another uh, uh, attempt at that as well. And if you remember, the legal team of Zuma the other day have reminded the judiciary. Can you remember? Can you imagine this one? Not to forget what happened in July unrest. What is it? A threat to the judiciary or what is it? So you can see where we are at the moment. Very dangerous grounds. You know, there's the opinion amongst uh, lots of people, and uh, they say, you know, they would have been people like uh, Jacob uh, Zuma, okay, should have been uh, in uh, with all the allegations against him if there's a fair trial. And uh, it said he should, would have been uh, in uh, Orange Overall. What about uh, Julius Malema? I mean, he's been threatening everyone, uh, the VBS scandal and that. Uh, still going out and, uh, you know, making public statements and still uh, inciting hatreds amongst the uh, different uh, peoples of South Africa, still uh, maintaining kill the boar, kill the farmer. Uh, you know, talk to us about these, uh, uh, these scenarios. It seems like, uh, you know, people like him have impunity, uh, Ahmed, and uh, the judiciary uh, sometimes uh, uh, looking at him uh, with uh, jaundiced eyes or, you know, just turning a blind eye to him. Uh, what's your th thoughts on that, Ahmed? 
we start off by saying, let us not forget that that Juju uh, was the youth leader for the ANC from Limpopo. And also let us not forget that Limpopo province at one stage was totally bankrupt. Remember that President Cyril Ramaphosa also is from, from Limpopo. And I believe strongly that they know a lot about each other. Uh, 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 and that is very, I don't know if you've observed, but many of us have observed that the president himself treats, treated Juju with kid gloves in parliament. Just like the way Zondo treated the, the president in the Zondo commission. And despite Juju trying to take on the president now and then, the president used to always succumb to him and, and you know, babysit him and that kind of thing. And it's perhaps because they know a lot about each other. They all come from the ANC, so they know what Butterbeady Lamini normally said. Nyaka, nyaka. Is that what you say? The skeletons, all of them were little skeletons. So so that's basically what it is. But yes, Juju is very divisive. Uh, you know, I said to his guys the other day, I said, hey, you guys, and now you're in the pockets of the Chinese. How is it that you all are not dealing with the Chinese who pay the workers 60 rand a day in the entire country? One standard price. How is it? Because you guys are now funding, getting funding from them. You want to attack all the other businesses, but you're not going in front. I said, you guys can't be trusted. And they said, I said, no, go and investigate and find it. Every shop in the country will pay 60 rand. He said, okay. But coming back to the issue of Juju, yes, the VBS scandal and many others. Did you notice that there's not much being done about it? even the other charges that were laid against him? That's why he does not like our Praveen Godan. The reason is because Praveen Godan, as the commissioner, raised the, the issue of the corruption as far as the taxes and whatever else is concerned. Now, you know, I was in a discussion with some uh, uh, legal experts the other day in Cape Town, and they want to know where does this EFF get all this money from for their campaigning and everything? And that's the question nobody is asking. Nobody is even these, uh, you know, uh, a new bill that we've passed on the uh, political party funding. It's it's not enough. It's just not good enough. People know how to manipulate it. If you notice that the EFF had disclosed that the, or didn't disclose anything that they received initially, but yet I can tell you they spent over hundred million rand in the election. So where did they get the money from? So there's a whole lot that is going on. And remember. Uh, wherever the, the political parties are governing, whether they're governing on, on their own or whether through a coalition, they are benefiting from it. Because even if you're in a coalition government with another party, like you might be with the IFP or the ANC or whoever it is, you benefit from it through the corruption and, and, and through this procurement process and things. And that's why we come back to what you said earlier on. You know, every sphere of government is compromised right now. There is no doubt about it. The nationalists, the provincialists, the local government, which we don't want to, very conveniently don't want to touch, is very compromised. I can tell you now, you're just not getting value for money there. Because these guys, are uh, these ministers, if you saw the report of the Auditor General, and a lot of the concerns are being raised on the municipal managers and the CFOs in all these things, and you only employ your own cadres, you only put them there because that's how you enjoy the benefits of those corrupt procurement tenders uh, processes. So these are basically what is going on unabated in the country. And that's prompted me to say to the president last week that you're not serious about corruption because if you're serious about corruption, let's start there. Now here it is, another 6.7 or 7.6 billion rand we're talking about borrowing again. Borrowing... And who's going to pay this money? Eventually, you won't be able to pay. So it's not like South Africa does not have sufficient resources to carry out what the, the task you want to. The fact of the matter is, is that more often than not, money is going into the pockets of a few.
that BEE that we introduced has only enriched, enriched a handful of the blacks who have benefited and become millionaires and multimillionaires in this country. How much have they done to uplift the quality of life of fellow blacks in the country? Very little or nothing. You know, so, so the BEE has been created to benefit a few. In fact, it looks like all our policies and, 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 and systems are there to benefit a few at the, expenses of, uh, at the expense of the masses. I mean, take the president himself. You know, I mean, he was an ordinary worker at the union. Today he's a billionaire in the country. His entire family are billionaires. You understand? And like him, there are many others that have become billionaires and millionaires and multimillionaires in the country. And uh, so, you know, it, it, it raises a lot of questions about, about the integrity of the, and caliber of the kind of leadership that we choose to put in place. And the easiest thing for people to do is to attack each other. And, and, and even though they may have a whole lot on them, and, in, and I think that's what the EFF applies. You know, defense is the best form of attack. So they just uh, attack the first form of defense. So that's basically what they do. They're attacking the ANC all the time, so nobody's concentrating on them. And uh, uh, so, you know, uh, uh, and, 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 and that's a fact. How often do you hear anybody talking about the EFF and, 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 and their corruption and, and things? So before you do that, they start attacking you, Brother Shepard, so that mm. the administration have moved, the focus has moved from, you know, uh, them defending themselves to the fact that they're attacking you, so you've got to defend yourself. So you can see where we are at the moment. Uh, we're in a bad shape. Race is one of the things that they use, of course, strategically, of course, for the EFF, because they know the majority of the voters are, uh, are, are, are black. So if you want it, you have to say something to them to make them believe that somebody else is benefiting at their expense. Somebody is stealing from them. Somebody has got more privileges. And that is what you have to message. You have to give them the, the next uh, message. You are uh, the one you're targeting is the youth because you know that there's a 70 percent at least minimum of youth unemployment in the country. So you're telling the youth what they want to hear. You'll give them this, that, that and that. You'll give them free, you know, a lot of things free, which you can't give them, but you're telling them and they believe in you, you know, and, 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 and so you, you, you're driving that message across to them. You're telling them what they want to hear. And as such, uh, uh, you know, that's why your support base, which has now reached a maximum in any case, you know, but uh, that's where, where you're getting. And then, of course, now there's a new thing. They're starting to use the gender, even though we know, particularly in certain cultures, there is no respect for women, particularly uh, uh, and children. But uh, they will use that because now they believe that they know that the women are becoming more powerful in the country than the men and the women are more active. So they say, well, let's start targeting and, and, and <laughs> attracting the woman. So we started to tell the woman what they want to do. And the woman too are falling into that trap and being used by these guys. That's all. Absolutely. I'm uh, eloquent indeed. And, uh, you know, when you look at, uh, I mean, look at uh, members of uh, the MECs from a provincial, uh, you know, government and all that, dealing in uh, carjacking, uh, heist and uh, fraud and so forth. I mean, these people got a position of power. They've been elected and they are the criminals. I mean, it seems like we have a no-win situation in this country. What's going on, Ahmed? Again, I think it's the criminal justice system that must take responsibility for what is actually going on. But also, you know, and, and, and it's very disturbing, you know, that, that you have public representatives who have been, you know, put in there with a mandate to protect the interest and serve the interest of the very ordinary citizens of this country. And over and above that, that are paid for 
by the very same people in this country whose rights they go out and they go and violate. I cannot understand that. I mean, and, it, and, and this is happening often where public representatives are finding themselves on the wrong side of the law. I mean, can you imagine this cash in transit, a deputy mayor, allegations of, of involvement in matters of that nature? You know, it, 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 I cannot understand it, really. But again, it shows, Brother Shepard, greed, selfishness, uh, enrich, self-enrichment, uh, and people want to get enriched overnight. They don't want to work toward it. In other words, people are not saying, I'm going to target in 20 years or 10 years I want to be there. You know, I, I attended a conference many, many years ago at Kruger National Park. And there was this, this presenter, black guy, brilliant. And he said, and he, he told us that if you want to achieve something, you must dream it. And if you want to dream it, this is what you do. You go into your bedroom, Mrs. And what do you want to achieve first? Do you want to get your driver's license? Then put down there on the wall a picture of a driver's license. Then you want a car next, put the car next to it. Then you want a house, put the house next to it. Put the things that you want to achieve and put the time frames next to it uh, in, in which you want to achieve these things. And start working towards your first goal when you've done with that goal for the second goal. Unfortunately, with public representatives today, they want to go right to the top before they, they in other words, they want to walk before they crawl. You know, they believe they're entitled to it all. And I, I don't know where it comes from. So I think, you know, it, which is giving rise to the high levels of criminality amongst public rep representatives. Again, I say cancel or scrap this political party system and let the people elect their leaders themselves. Scrap the provincial system. We don't need it. It's wasting hundreds of billions of rands. Let's have a national and a local government or a national and a district only. Scrap the local ones too. And then uh, 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 you can pay more attention to delivering services to the people. Allow the people to elect their leaders directly through a constituency base. And so you don't belong to any political parties. And when you elect 20 people for a particular municipality or 50 people, they must go in there and through a transparent and credible process, must then elect who their republic, their mayors and deputy mayors and things will be. In other words, it can come from any party, wherever you are, because there's no parties involved as such. You might be allegiant to, you might owe your allegiance to one party. But when it comes to you, you're going to be judged on your individual capacity, ability and integrity to do the job. In that way, you will have people that are not putting the interest of their parties first, but the interests of the people. And when they don't perform, you must be able to be in a position to remove them as well, because that's what you pay them for, to do the job, to serve you. Yeah, absolutely, Ahmed. And as you said, uh, that's what the, then who overlooks uh, the judiciary? Who looks at these uh, different departments that are being compromised? It is the same government, it is the same cabinet, it is the same president that is... I mean, incompetent. He's uh, complicit in many of the things that are happening. So who, who overlooks all this, Ahmed? It's like a lose-lose situation. Brother Shafford, we have what we call as portfolio committees in Parliament who have a responsibility for oversight over these committees. A lot of the emphasis is on money and not the outcomes or the delivery of the services or the quality of the services. That's the first major problem. 
But I want to tell you that with these departments, there is oversight committees, all levels of government. But but let's talk about the issue of the judiciary. You have the Portfolio Committee on Justice in, in Parliament. They have a responsibility to conduct oversight. But who is it uh, controlled by? The ANC, because they have the majority based on the proportional representation system. Now, who appoints these judges? The president appoints. The president writes to us all the time, you know, and tell us he's got two vacancies. Can we recommend you? Can they? At the end of the day, the buck stops by him. He's going to be the one that's going to decide. I give you a good example. If you can look at the, the, the you know, he's written to us about Zondo and all these people, and we've given up. I'm one of them that suggested that he does not appoint Zondo because I felt a lot of the matters from the Zondo Commission is going to be tested in the court, and he might have to recuse himself for most of that period. After his final report, you're going to see, that's perhaps what's going to happen. However, president has appointed him for his own reason. Then you look at he, he wanted us to appoint members on the judicial self-government and he's given us names which we recommended. And now we see he's removing advocate Griffith's modern cell. I just removed him. But he doesn't give us any reason why he's removing him. And I actually wrote to him also to want to know why. Why is it that you ask us when you want us to recommend, but when you want to remove, you don't want to. And our only uh, assumption is that because uh, uh, advocate, uh, 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 well, then, you know, uh, Judge Madan Sela raised concerns about uh, the matter of Zuma uh, and things, uh, you know, and, and perhaps wasn't pleased about it, and this could be some of the reasons. Uh, but again, you know, the buck stops with him. He's going to make those decisions. It's the ANC that makes those decisions. Remember, they have a deployment committee in parliament, which they debate and discuss who to appoint, who not to appoint. But the, but the prerogative lies in the president to make that decision, number one. Number two, it, it does come to parliament. But remember that by virtue of the ANC being the uh, majority, they will try to pass it like they attempted to learn on, on on Wednesday, Frank Chicane, uh, they wanted to uh, 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 appoint him as the Inspector General. And remember, he's been nominated amongst those uh, for the Inspector General. And he was also nominated. He was one of the successful candidates also in the lotteries board. How do you like that? And of course, they did not have their two-thirds majority to pass it. So it did not pass. And uh, it means uh, that the position is going to lie vacant for a period of time before they look at whether they're going to still try it and test it again, or alternatively, they're going to try and get somebody else. But the concerns that we raise, first of all, he's not an expert in that field. He's a pastor. Uh, strange enough, you know, somebody came to me, Brother Shepherd, from the DA, and I won't give her the name. And she said to me, how are you going to support him. He's a man of the cloth of the church. I am a Buddhist and you are a Muslim. How are you going to <laughs> how are you going to support this? That's the question somebody came. I was actually a story shocked, uh, you know, when 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 this was uh, brought to my attention. And uh, but you know, instead of we could have rather also looked at the capacity of the person, and then the concerns were raised that he's an ANC cadre, no doubt about it, whether we like it or not. And this thing of cadre deployment, you can see the president and the ANC have repeatedly raised this matter that they will do away with that. 
But do they have the intention of doing away with Brother Shabir? No, not at all. Because they continue. Even the Secretary to Parliament that was appointed is a cadre deployment because he's been the CEO of, of, of Selga. Can you imagine a guy that's earning uh, 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 5.6 million a year is deciding to take a salary of 2.4 million? How do you like that one? Well, it's the first in the country anyway. But the guy is willing to do it. So it, 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 it's cadre deployment is also destroying the country. So, you know, the judiciary and, you know, unfortunately for the rest of the country is uh, in the control of the ANC as the majority party. They are the ones that appoint them. They take those decisions. The oversight committee is, 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 is the majority are the ANC. So any decisions that are taken, they will override. So you are the referee and you are the player when it comes to these things. And that is what prompted me to say to the president when we met him last week as leaders of opposition parties in parliament. I said, Mr. President, we cannot dispute that the country is going through a very difficult time. Um, and we cannot dispute that we need to relook at our policies and things in this country and look at where we were, where we are. What are the mistakes that we've made in, in, in the last 20, 30 years? And what do we need to do to correct that, to amend the policies? But I said, in order to do that, President, what we need is you need an inclusive engagement between all political parties, civil society organization, legal experts, economists, uh, you know, and, 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 and all other role players. I said, so that when we sit down together, uh, of course, including political analysts and others. I said, let we sit down together. And I said, shut the doors for three days. Let us deliberate and let's come up with a solution to take South Africa forward. Because I said, we cannot continue with the 4.4 trillion, which is really going to go to 5.5 trillion debt in the near future, with over 320 billion rand going towards uh, just interest on debt. And, and, and 7 million people going hungry in the country and 70 to 80 percent youth unemployed. I said, it's a ticking time bomb. We can be ready to explode. And before that happens, let us find solutions. He said, thank us. And whether he comes back and does that, I don't know. But like this, we've made many recommendations and they just listen in one ear. But they believe that they are here to govern. They've made that statement. If you remember, they will govern till Jesus comes home. Then I said, well, then Jesus is coming soon. But uh, what I'm saying is, is that they're not willing to engage. They're not willing to look at where we've made mistakes so that we can correct them and go forward. Brother Shafat, I'd be happy in the interest of this country to forget about all the corruption that has taken place. Close the books to it. Finished. Right? And But put the measures in place now so that no one will be able to, uh, 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 you know, do it again. Uh, but... Mm. Uh, Yet I want to tell you, um, despite that, you know, they, they still want to continue. They don't want to put measures to stop that looting and that corruption. That's the problem. Now, Amadi, you know, with all that you have told me, there's one line coming in my head. It says uh, the president and the ANC are complicit in what's happening to this country. And it's like heads I win and tails you lose. So no matter what we do, we've got a problem. And then there's another problem. Minorities are complaining in this country and they say, you know, when we go to the courts, we know if, uh, you know, we don't get a fair hearing, we don't get a fair decision. Uh, if, we, you know, if we are up against people of color, uh, the uh, 
court is more inclined to giving verdicts uh, for people of color. Then when we go to the job uh, market or the, the job opportunities, the advertisement is uh, 51% B-E-E-E-E, and they know they are compromised from the word go. Uh, and it is the same minorities. If you look at the uh, tax base of this country, 13% or 11%, Allah alam. But uh, most of the taxpayers happen to be uh, people of the minorities. Your thoughts and take on that, Ahmad? Well, we are one of the few countries in the world, Brother Shafa, that only 13% of the people pay taxes. And that to you are bleeding them even further now because you're taking the blood out of the bowl out of these people. You want to take more and more and more. And what is that result? What is going to happen? People are leaving the country. The skills that we had in the country, we are losing that skills. People are going for better opportunities because of this affirmative action and the policies that we have actually put in place. And so if you're a person of color, the chances of you getting a job based on your qualification and your experience is very poor in the country. You must first give priority to blacks. And that's the unfortunate thing about it, because while I do accept that we need to address the the concerns of the black community, but at the same time, you can't compromise that with quality. And because you've been compromising it with quality, you're finding places like ESCOM and things is in the state it is today. Remember, ESCOM had uh, 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 most of the, the, the engineers and electricians and things uh, were particularly in the white and the colored community and things before. And uh, when you brought in affirmative action and you started releasing them and getting them to take their packages and things, you did not even wait to transfer the skills from them to the, 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 to the blacks. As such, you don't have the necessary skills there. And these people either went into the private sector or they left the country. And you're not going to get them back. That's the problem you're sitting with. You know, I heard the Minister of Public Works, Patricia DeLille, saying the other day, and I said to her, I don't think you know what you're talking about. She said that the interns, now remember, there's a 60% dropout in the Stewart colleges. You want to take the interns for this plumbing and electrical and all these things. And she said that the plumbers and all these builders, she wants to take this intern to go and build the bridges. Now, can you tell me what the quality of education and the interns you're going to get today with very little or no experience, you want to go build the bridges? You think those bridges are going to last? Those bridges that, that have collapsed now, many of them were even built by experts previously, but they've stood the test of time. They've been there for 100 years, 150 years. You understand? Or, or at least 50, 60, 70 years. And, 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 and some of them that have collapsed have been built recently because of the poor workmanship. Now you want to go and take these interns to go and work there. They're not ready for that as far as you're concerned. And the minorities in the country are going to have a very difficult time. You are correct as particularly as far as job opportunities. And that is why a lot of them, even from the 13% tax base, are deciding to leave the country for better opportunities elsewhere. Now, leaving the country and going elsewhere, Brother Shafat, is not a joke. It's traumatic. Psychologically, it damages you. Can you imagine leaving your family, your friends, your environment, your home, and you're going to where you've got some level of certainty, you're going to a total uncertainty, you don't even know whether you're going to be successful or not, whether it's going to work, how long you're going to go for. You don't know what to expect. And more importantly, some of you, are, you're not going and starting a life at the age of 18 and 19, so if you can fail, you can start all over again. Yeah, you are giving up your, the, the, your stability that you had, your secure home and everything. You're giving it up and you're going to start. If that doesn't work, where do you go back from there? 
you know, so so it's not an easy decision, but it's a decision that people have no alternative of what to take. So that's the other problem that 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 that, that you you you're sitting with, uh, 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 you know, in terms of that. So you are rather compromising quality, but you want to use the the the, the affirmative action or the BEE, and that is why I have asked even the Minister of Corporate Governance again in this debate last week. I wouldn't want a report. I said, start with KwaZulu Natal. All the municipalities, can you give us a comprehensive report? In the last three years, all the companies with their directors that got contracts, even on the quotation system, a whole lot of them. Who are these directors? What was the value of the contract? Plus a breakdown to see whether we got value with an item that cost 10 rand. We got 10 rand for it. Whether we paid 10 rand for it. Then I said, importantly, to ensure the quality of the workmanship, where these contracts completed timelessly, where there any escalation, because there's another weakness when it comes to increasing the price. You get this geotech reports. Next thing they go there, they say they found rocks. This is how they manipulate the system. Delayed and it costs you millions more. So they've got all the loopholes in how to 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 to, to benefit the corrupter, working with the corruptee. So end of the day, you know, it's not benefiting and the minorities in this country. Uh, and if you look at the contracts that they used to get, particularly at local level and other level, they're not getting as much as it. Now the contracts are being given to those based on the affirmative action of the BEE policy. And many of those got absolutely no experience in that field at all, Brother Shaka. All they do, they are a middleman. They take the job because of their contacts in these uh, government departments and they give it to somebody else and they make their money in between. Then you're paying them, they got to pay these contractors. Sometimes they collect the money and they don't even pay the contractors. So the people who actually did the job for a percentage of what these original guys got the money, okay, don't even get paid sometimes. This is how serious the problem is in the procurement system. And that is why I say in this country, you are losing. If you remember what the CEO of, of supply chain said, that you're losing at that stage, you were losing for 40% on goods and services, which was about 300 billion rand a year, just on value for money, Brother Shepherd. Because an item that costs 10 rand, you'll pay 50 rand or 100 rand for. So, and you'll find that the prices are different in Cape, uh, to Western Cape, to the Gauteng, to uh, uh, KZN, to different provinces. This is what the, some of the things that they do. Yeah, you know, moving on from our local, let's go to international and we talk about uh, compromised governments, uh, you know, uh, vindictive, uh, vicious governments uh, that literally get away, you know, the international uh, court. So we talk, uh, you know, the international courts of Hague. Uh, I mean, it seems like uh, that is not even uh, existent anymore because uh, most of the crimes that's been perpetrated are by those of color. Yeah, those are, you know, of the Caucasian color. I mean, talking about the lighter race. And if they uh, perpetrate a crime, a crime, most of them, not all of them, most of them get away. We look at countries like uh, Israel uh, perpetrating uh, genocide still on the Palestinians. We look at a country like India perpetrating genocide against uh, its Muslim population and uh, many other places in the world uh, that where, you know, fair is foul and foul is fair. And it seems even there, the judiciary is a compromise, Ahmed. It seems all over the world that the forces of, uh, you know, the dregs of society have come to the position of power. Your thoughts on that, Ahmad? Well, I've said this before and I'll say it again, that until you stop 
some countries like the United States and a few others, Israel, the United States, the UK, some of these countries from enjoying this power that they have and this chaos and mayhem that they're causing all over the world, you won't have peace in the world. And I'm glad to some extent, although I don't believe that Chinese are angels and the Russians, of course, but I think the fact that they are coming together to oppose particularly what the United States is attempting to do with Russia on that eastern border and things like that. If you read what NATO is now currently saying, that they're going to uh, provide military assistance, particularly to the eastern side and things like that. If you saw, on the other hand, uh, 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 the, the concerns that were raised by Turkey on 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 Sweden and and uh, 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 joining NATO uh, and uh, of course NATO accepting that that there is a risk they can accept there's a risk to Turkey but they cannot accept that there's a risk to Russia. But if you if you if you see what is actually happening. The root cause of these problems is the United States which meddles in the affairs of many other countries. All the chaos and the mayhem that you have throughout the world, whether it's disease, no matter what it is. If you saw the latest report, I don't know, I think I sent you a video yesterday of the number of cattle that have died in the United States of America. And uh, it would appear that the root cause is, is some vaccine that was given to these animals but it is being uh, 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 checked at the moment to see whether there is some truth in it. But, uh, uh, you know, again, I want to say, if you saw the latest United Nations report, the United Nations report says that Israel particularly has got no interest, no intention whatsoever to allow the Palestinians to live on their land. They, uh, it is very, very clear that the Israeli government is continuing with the settlements. It's 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 it, it, it's harassing and intimidating and 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 uh, you know removing these people forcefully, and uh, so they're acknowledging that that Israel is not sincere about it. So when there are governments and political parties like you even have in this country that support what Israel is doing or or go on to say no, there is two sides to a story. We want a two-state uh, solution, even though that is not the right thing to do. Is that really what they want? Are they closing their eyes to what is happening with the atrocities in India, in, 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 in China, in, in Palestine, and many other countries? Uh, you know, so, so you know, it, it, they all lack objectivity. They lack independence because of the fact that they rely and they, uh, on the United States. And they also are fear the United States. Many of these countries have paid the price for taking on the United States of America and the West. And that is because they're not getting enough support from the others. And I was reading a report about how China uh, uh, and Russia, together with Iran and others, uh, want to ensure that they uh, uh, stop the dominance of, uh, uh, of, of the United States, particularly in global politics and economy. And through that, they want to also ensure that the dependence on the dollar is one of the issues that they want. They are raising, and uh, there must be a new currency away from the dollar, uh, and that's the other thing. I mean, if you look at the matter that we were discussing in Parliament yesterday on the issue the day before on oil, brother Shafat, I mean, 
How many countries in the world got the oil, but who's controlling it? Who controls the price of oil? Let's take the issue of wheat. Who's got it? Who controls it? Let's look at the minerals. Who's got it? Who's controlling it? So everything that you got is controlled by somebody else who don't have it. And who's the root cause of it? We are the root causes of it. So the time has come up for countries, uh, and I hope that more and more people will join uh, uh, countries that will oppose the United States of America and bring them down to size. Because I'm, if, if you don't do that, the United States of America will continue manipulating countries, putting you in debt, causing havoc in your country, civil unrest and a whole lot of things. And remember, they benefit through these arms that they supply these people. They benefit through the disease. They benefit, you know, to the sale of, of, of commodities and things like that, things that they don't even own. Absolutely, Ahmed. And if it was not for the petrodollars, yeah, there'll be something else. They would have been in flames already. Ahmed, absolutely, mashallah, having you on Legal Talker this evening. Perhaps your parting words before we let you go. Well, I told the minister in the debate on Thursday, please, can you get the Russian ships out here with all the oil? We need it. <laughs> and you're paying rubles because end of the day, we are a BRICS partner and we're going to get it much cheaper. And the minister said he was going to have a discussion uh, that same night. I'm not sure what happened thus far, but I hope that we need to remember that some of these countries, that the Israel and things broke the sanctions when we were fighting the apartheid government. Well, there's no sanctions on oil in any event, but maybe it's time for us to do something. But our message to our people, things are difficult out there, particularly for the minorities. But remember, if you want this country to be successful, you have to be part of the solution. You cannot sit back and expect it to change. You know, I've said this time and time, you can't be outside and make decisions because the people who make the decisions are uh, uh, politicians. So if you're not going to become a politician or be part of the, of, 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 the, of the political landscape in this country, remember, others are going to make those decisions. And if those others are making decisions that's not in your best interest and the interest of the generations to come, then why do you want to allow it to continue that way? What we should be doing is becoming the solution and more and more of our people and our youth and others and our own folk, we need to get them involved in politics so that we can go out there and hold the others to account and find solutions to the challenges we face in the country. We have everything as far as I'm concerned. We have the guidance of the, we have the Holy Quran. We have the way of our Nabi, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We have the perfect solution for the problems. But what we are not giving is our time. So if we can come forward and take some time off to be part of the, 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 the solution to the problems we're having in the country, then indeed we can have a better society. Remember something that if we don't participate today and if somebody else takes over this country tomorrow, even your independence and the freedom of religion in this country can be compromised. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahmad Mansur Sheikh Imam, absolutely brilliant. Uh, time for us to go for the Isha Azan. Inshallah, we will continue after that.